Welcome to Lacrosse and Sport, the podcast for the fastest game on two feet and America's fastest growing sport. Here are your hosts, Roger Welton and Steve Jordan. Hello, Lax lovers, and welcome back to another episode of Lacrosse and Sport. Coming to you with my brother from another mother from California, Steve Jordan. Good evening, Steve. We got a great treat tonight, don't we? We certainly do, Raj. I'm excited about this. Got a, a unsolicited email earlier in the week, or actually end of last week, uh, from a gentleman out in New York uh, who had a lot of great things to say about our show and listens to it regularly and was offering an opportunity for us to promote and learn about a tournament that's happening uh, in the upcoming weeks. And uh, I poked in a little bit, got some more information, and here we have two great guests tonight, two Native Americans that play the game of lacrosse and are putting on this outstanding tournament uh, coming up in a couple weeks in New York, in upstate New York. And uh, I'm, I'm excited to get into more about it, who they are, what they're about, and how the game of lacrosse has come to uh, their life and why and how it's important to their Native heritage. Well, actually, their Native heritage brought it to us. We, that is we, true. We are we we are we are the ones that are benefiting, and uh, this is the Onondaga Nation. My apologies, my pronunciation is not terrific. But um, these two gentlemen are the real deal. They're twins. This is what's amazing. One is lefty, one is righty, but they're identical twins. They are both middies. They have played for UMass, and um, they are currently huge stars in the indoor. In the indoor side of things, they've run out of collegiate uh, NCAA eligibility, unfortunately. However, they're doing it big time on the private circuit. Let me introduce Croy and Clay Big Tree Arnold. Welcome to the program, gentlemen. Hey, thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks for having us. <laughs> Definitely. This is the first time we've had twins. First time we've had uh, two guests on the show and Native Americans. I think that's a trifecta. <laughs> it absolutely is, gentlemen. And in a little bit of pre-show, gentlemen, I was talking about my blog that I, I feel very near and dear about. Uh, if you ever look at the the, uh, the the cover page of it, it shows a Native American beautiful game of lacrosse going on, segues into the old school with the egg helmet, which segues into you know the modern stuff going on now. But it all started with the Onondaga Nation can. Can uh, you gentlemen both take your turns and uh, elaborate on what it means to your culture and and really how this all gets started? Well, I mean, it's this game has been played and been around for thousands of years, even before the world was created um, in oral traditions. And uh, for let me us, interrupt for one second. So let me interrupt one second. We're speaking to Clay right now. Yes. So yeah. Yeah. If yeah. you guys could just yeah. say who this Please is. Please elaborate. So, Thank yeah, you. yeah, that would Clay. give our listeners an idea of who you are. Thank right. You. So okay, Clay. so um, this is Clay speaking. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we this game's been a, around for thousands of years. Um, I mean, it's been a part. It's been passed down from generations to generations. I mean, there's games that I mean, I, I don't really know how to explain this. You know, it's it, it's a it's definitely like it's a different sport. Than a lot of other sports in the world because it has such a deep-rooted heritage and a very spiritual meaning to the game. Um, it's not just like in, um, 
football or something where you can just throw pads on and hit hit someone realistically. Um, it's um, you know, there, it, it's a game that has a lot of meaning, a lot of uh, spiritual connections. You're connecting with the earth through it. Um, everything down to even the the wooden stick. Uh, it's just it all comes back to the earth, and it all is appreciated back to the earth and how the um, Haudenosaunee um, or Iroquois. Um, they all relate and they're all just connected to the earth through this game. Croy, anything to add to that? Yeah, no. Um, just lacrosse has always been part of uh, Haudenosaunee culture. Um, at, ever since kids were, you know, baby, uh, little guys were babies and everything like that. We were given a wooden stick in our in, in our cradle. Um, as soon as we're we're born, wrapped in a little blanket, put put a uh, wooden wooden lacrosse stick with us, a real little one. I still have mine. That is so cool. Uh, so cool. So yeah, no, lacrosse has always been um, part of who I am, part of my culture. Um, it's everything that everything that you can think of um, wrapped into a game, pretty much. <laughs> so your culture is it unique to the other American native native cultures? Are they all the same? Do they all hold the same value in the game of lacrosse as yours does? Um, so this is Clay speaking again. So um, <laughs> <laughs> no, you please keep clar- clarifying because yeah, you sound yeah. <laughs> very similar, same but, intonations um, and everything. Yeah, uh, this is uh, so different. Um, nations have uh, their own versions of the game um, in um, the was it like in the Minnesota area? They have a stick with a circular end on it, um, and then um, they so and then the ball is about the same size. But then it's instead of it, the the stick how it looks today, it's just a circular like cup looking mm. stick. And then um, seen that in out um, and then out west they um, have another game um, with uh, two sticks, and the ball is like a little about the size of a walnut. Um, and then you hold it that way and then you close the two sticks on top of each other to keep the ball in the stick. And you can imagine oh, I have played this game, but um Alf Jocks, he really knows what he's talking about. I don't know if you know who that is. He's a he's a wooden stick maker, a traditional wooden stick maker out here in um he um out here in Syracuse. He lives on the um Ondaga Nation and uh he's like world, world famous world, I guess. World <laughs> famous um people from all, all the world, Australia, yeah. Czech Republic, anywhere you can think of our just desire his sticks. So, yeah. So, yeah. That, that was Corey that chimed in there, have, by the way. <laughs> yeah, you'll have to uh, connect us with him. Uh, that'd be great to have him that'd on here. That'd be a yeah. great interview. In fact, yeah. uh, I think ESPN is um, coming out with a documentary soon based on him and his uh, – based on the stick the stick itself, but it goes around, like, his, his um, love for the – game and how he himself has um, devoted basically his um, his life to the creation of these sticks and how he's still making it the traditional way. I used to play with a wooden uh, shaft for uh, maybe a year or so. Because you're old. Because you're old. It was a cr- it was, <laughs> no, because I thought it was cool. Well, uh, it, it hurts when you check. It, it was the oak it was shaft. Crook- the oak it was shaft. a crooked... Well, I'm playing attack, so I'm not playing midfield. So yeah. it was uh, it was crooked arrow, but I coveted that stick. I loved it. It was the best like feel. I don't know if it yeah. was heavy you know the placebo hell, effect, but it felt great. I loved having that stick, um, and just the you know it was the, I think also what attracted me to it was the 
the engraving, uh, it was almost like it was branded. So mm-hmm. it had, had that sort of, um, I don't know, authentic look and feel. Did you guys play with wooden sticks as well, yeah, like collegially um, or in high school? Yeah, so this is Croy here. Croy um, in the house. Croy in the house. Ahead, <laughs> yeah, no, um, throughout high school, um, you know, typically in field lacrosse, you'd use a plastic stick, um, metal shaft and everything like that. I would occasionally swap my um, um, my metal shaft out for a wooden, sti- a wooden shaft. Um, uh, and then throughout uh, our entire lives, um, where we play down at the Onondaga Nation in our Can-Am Box Across League, where we a lot of players still use the traditional wooden stick in competitive games. Mm. Um, my brother has, the I have, string and all that. Yeah, the sideball, um, yeah. whole, okay. whole nine yards, everything yeah. you can think of, and um, that's why you guys are so good. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's a completely different feel. If you can imagine, I mean, I'm, I'm there have been YouTube videos where. Um, star lacrosse players have tried using a wooden stick and it just does not work for them. Yeah, I'd like, <laughs> um, like to see Rabel try that. Exactly, <laughs> right? Yeah. I've, um, I've tried one. I, you know, I, <laughs> it didn't look good. Yeah, no, I mean, some of the best players on our team, um, they still um, use wooden sticks mm-hmm. and it's, wow. it's something to be seen. I mean, our goalie uses a wooden stick. Um, a lot of yeah. our our top defenders, um, Billy O'Brien, he's on our team. Billy the, O'Brien's he, a bad ass. <laughs> he is a yeah, bad. He, uh, he's a cousin of the Thompsons, isn't he? Isn't he? Huh? He's related to the Thompsons, right? Isn't he cousin? Uh, I believe he's like a cousin or yeah. something like yeah, that. Yeah, he, he, he wears the cool ponytail. He's got the braid going down. Yeah, he coaches, he coaches <laughs> a lot of teams up north. I've seen Billy O'Brien. He's a big, like, just badass. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah he's a he's a he's a he's a good buddy, a good teammate. Um, he's he's one of those guys that you want to have you on your team. Yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But but yeah, no. I mean, a lot of our team uh, still use the wooden lacrosse sticks, yeah. um, full wooden lacrosse sticks. Yeah, and yeah. um, and when we went up to Canada for the Presidents Cup, a lot of those guys out in uh, British Columbia, they didn't. Uh, they haven't seen many of those wooden lacrosse sticks, so they were all <laughs> complaining about those. <laughs> they hurt? Why? They hurt too much, or when they check, or yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, yeah. <laughs> Croy speaking, but you don't have to. Uh, you don't have to wind up very much. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's but, great, um, dude. But I mean, aside from any sort of violent act, that's not what the sticks are. You know, they're used as a, a connection to the earth and connection to the history of the game and the respect that comes with that stick mm-hmm. um i i've been told by my captain uh of the team recently at president's cup that um you know he he loves the way i play but he wants me to start using the wooden stick and to me um hearing that from one of my veterans it was a very powerful thing um you know as i said get, having a veteran say that to me as a you know, third year, third year returner. Um, it was a very moving thing, and it's definitely making me second guess what I should be using now. <laughs> nice. That's awesome. Steve, very cool. Yeah. Do you guys have any traditions uh, before you play that you practice, like a, a, a ritual, a saying, a mantra, anything that I mean, goes along with your? This is not, Clay, this is Clay uh, talking. Yes. Speaking, um, <laughs> not, not not really. Nothing like uh, saying like prayers or anything like that. I mean, 
There's, um, without going into too much detail, there's a, a, a medicine game that goes on every spring um, where people from the nation, um, from of all ages, from little kids that are, you know, four or five years old to grown men that are in, even in their 60s um, played this game um, to uh, please the creator. It's, um, and it's, uh, we, they call it a medicine game um, to help uh, heal um, when there's, you know, um, problems in the community, whether it's sickness, illness, um, uh, just realistically a lot, if there's just problems in the community, they'll play a, a medicine game and, um, and then, um, uh, and, and, excuse me, sorry, they'll play the medicine game and, uh, they'll, you know, hopefully if they play it hard enough and they play well enough, uh, play hard enough realistically, then they'll, uh, then the creator will help heal with the sickness in the community. Very um, cool. It's a nice I love that. I see you both have uh, braids, ponytails. Yeah. What is what <laughs> well, is that? What is right that? Now, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so what does that signify? Does that have any rooted meaning? Um, so Croy here, but um, <laughs> yeah, no. For um, for a lot of native people, um, I've never actually been told specifically what it means, but I felt like. With my long hair, I felt that there was more of a connection to my ancestors, to my history. Um, I mean, going back in history, not to get too dark, but, you know, in boarding schools, they would cut Native children's hair. And um, Mm. I guess for me, personally, I've always felt that having long hair is kind of that way of, like, reconciling um, what it, you know, what those children went through and kind of understanding that um, by having... Healing that wrong. Exactly. Healing that wrong, reconciling it. Your sport has taken over. It's America's fastest growing sport now. It's taken over, and a lot of the ancestors of those very people that were cutting the hair are obsessed with this sport. You know, Mm -hmm. so, so reconcile, I thought, was a terrific word, you know, because it's not just a reconciliation, it's also recognition, and it's Mm -hmm. also, um, just, an embracement of your culture and, and really, really, I think it's true to all of our roots here. You were the first people here and, uh, you know, we were guests. Well, uh, not we, I mean, I was born in New Jersey, but, <laughs> but, but, but my ancestors, I don't think I have made native American roots, but they're not North American. They're South American. I'm half Colombian. So there's some South American native roots. My understanding is genetically there's kind of a big relation there, so maybe we're related like by like 10 cousins or something like that. <laughs> but there was no lacrosse going on in South America. Um, I, literally, I literally just did 23 and me. I, uh, you literally did it. I, I literally did it. <laughs> oh, Here's the box. Okay, I did it this it morning. I just, I just spit into the thing, my wife and I, and I'm sending it out because I want to know exactly what I am. Like I bet my mom you says, are praying you're Native American. <laughs> my, mom, my, my mom says that there's a little bit. She doesn't know how much, and I'm not sure. I'm not sure, but I will know in about four to six weeks. So <laughs> you, you played ball pretty well. Yeah, you were okay. Yeah. <laughs> you for the trap. <laughs> right, right, right. So, gentlemen, let's segue into okay. So, so right now you're undergraduates at Syracuse. Mm-hmm. You've run out of eligibility, so obviously you can't play there. Uh, uh, but uh, right now, though, you're still heavily involved in lacrosse. Let's talk about your league. Can one of you? Uh, 
uh, Clay or Croy or both of you elaborate on that and please announce who's talking. <laughs> um, so uh, we play right – this is Clay speaking. We played um, right now in the Can-Am uh, Box Across League at, with the um, Onondaga Red Hawks, which is the community team um, out of the Onondaga Nation. And it's a league that um, consists of all native teams. Um, we play. We go all over New York State, um, playing at different uh, nations. Um, from Buffalo, uh, we play teams uh, out in Cattaraugus, which is um, south of Buffalo. Um, then we play, you know, uh, what Tonawanda, which is out near uh, Batavia, New York. Um, we so and so we literally every week we go out and uh, play a team that's consists of pretty much almost all natives. Um, sometimes twice. Sometimes <laughs> twice. <laughs> twice <a week. laughs> that's that's box lacrosse too, right? This is the indoor. Yeah. This is this is this is the real deal. The uh, rough and tumble, badass yeah, box lacrosse. Fast. That stuff, it's fast and it hurts. Yeah. <laughs> I, was, um, me, I wasn't that good at me, box. Personally, I prefer <laughs> playing box across over a field. I like the speed and the contacts. Yeah. Same, same. <laughs> so are you yeah. familiar, you're at Syracuse. You're familiar with Brian McGill? Uh, Brian yeah. McGill is the three-time All-American at Syracuse. Yeah, so, yeah we, we've heard of Brian McGill. Yeah, Brian, so he went to the same high school Steve and I, much younger than us, of course. Uh, uh, okay. but, but he was a three-time All-American in Syracuse, and... He played for the Chesapeake Bayhawk, was uh, Bayhawks in the field game, and he was an all-star there. Got recruited by the New England Black Wolves, and mm-hmm. he actually transitioned into that and said, "God, I'm in love with box." He <laughs> just said, "It's just something that is just it's 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 almost a different sport, but still lacrosse." But can you elaborate on that? Because you both have played the field game what why would a brian mcgill who played field lacrosse all his life in new jersey at syracuse suddenly say man i like box better um so croy here but um yeah no i've always personally felt that box lacrosse is the real lacrosse um i personally prefer box lacrosse if there was collegiate box lacrosse i'd be playing that over um Playing any any field of any sorts, um, and you see a lot of and Clay Clay just wanted to say, uh, you see a lot of universities now actually playing a lot more box across. I mean, Ohio State does a huge thing in the fall. Uh, I know, like you can tell from my YouTube videos that they do a lot of box across. I know Johns Hopkins has done it. Uh, so a lot of Division One teams, and I'm sure a lot of other universities are starting to transition to play more box across too. But we learned that the being able to play box just gives you that much more edge out in the field, quicker transition times, better ball handling, your field sense becomes widened and, and just more vast than in the in the box. You know, when you're in the box and you can make a quick pass or see what's going on when you're in the field, it's just it's magnified. It's easier. Well, shooting from like you catch it, you shoot. You know, you're in tight spaces in box, right? Yeah. So that's why the Canadians generally, and there's a lot of Native Americans in that group, and mm-hmm. we're the coronation in the World Games, Steve. That and, and Croy and Clay. Um, I think that, that that often is the advantage. You know, I mean, U.S. Team USA finally got Canada this year, but I think mm-hmm. it's all that box that's giving Canada the edge. Is that? You know, it's that tight spaces that's hard, you know. Also, Americans, we're a bunch of stick hangers, you know. I'm a big <laughs> well, stick hanger. So go ahead, go ahead. Croy, elaborate yeah. on that, Croy. 
Troy here. Well, actually, um, going back to the World Games, the the guy who scored the game winner for Team USA, Tom Schreiber, is a star in the NLL. Won Rookie of the Year last year. That's right. Mm. That's right. So Great point. Thank you for you see that a up. lot of Americans now kind of jumping on the box mm-hmm. bandwagon as well. Mm-hmm. Um, Interesting. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I've always felt that, like you said, you know, they everything gets magnified when you start a box and then move to field. Um, <laughs> in fact, uh, Clay here, we just came back from our uh, alumni game over the weekend, and we we haven't seen a field. Field net since basically we <laughs> left college, so for us it was just like oh, uh, sixty four. What was it? It's like sixty uh, six by six net compared to a four by four. It's just like night and it's day. Like a, it's like a soccer. It's like a soccer net. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think of a four by four with a big Michelin man goalie in the middle of it. That's, that's like a postage stamp. How do you score yeah. on that? And you know, and you, you see guys like you know. Powell and you know, so I think of Powell, of course, comes comes to mind. But Lyle, you know, sitting there painting corners. I'm like, how do you do that? How do you get past this guy who's just hugging the pipes? You know, I was like, how do you do that? Really good stuff. So, Steve, um, you're a little bit more informed about the festival that's coming up. That really was the impetus for this interview. Can you uh, elaborate with the twins here on that and ask yeah. questions? Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, I mean, I think it's up to you guys. I mean, I I don't know how to say. Uh, the the festival. What? How would you pronounce this? The Haudenosaunee. <laughs> so close. <laughs> so close here. Uh, yeah. No, it's the uh, was it the Haudenosaunee Wooden Stick Festival. Okay. Uh, kind of falling under the name of Dehon is, which is the uh, Onondaga word for uh, lacrosse. You have uh, Douala Dune, which is also known as the Tuaratan. Um, so time. You we know, know that word. You know that, <laughs> yeah. uh, know that's that the word. word for lacrosse. And the <laughs> wow. Onondaga word, as I just said, is Dejanchiqua is, which translates to they bump hips. Um, so yeah, no, that's what um, that's what the event we're putting on is. Uh, it's Tell uh, us a little bit about its history. You, you guys started this uh, five years ago? Yeah, we so we started in uh, 2013. Um, simply... What happened th- with that was a um, a man by the name of Randy Hall, who um, unfortunately has passed on, he came to my parents, um, Phil Arnold and Sandy Bigtree, who, um, with a leather ball. And what this leather ball signifies is um, it's your turn to kind of put on, put on this sort of um, tournament um, that is you know it's a way to not only kind of bring together the community but also you know as a sort of form of uh, entertainment for all that witness it and um when we when my parents received this it was their main idea was to, for it to come to Onondaga Lake which is the original place of the birth of the Haudenosaunee Confederacy, um, also the birthplace of lacrosse. So it was a very significant um, uh, place for the the Onondaga, for the Haudenosaunee to ha- to that is the Onondaga Lake. Um, currently, not um, saying that it's being a, such a sacred place. It's also one of the. It's also the most polluted lake in the entire country right now. Wow, oh, man, so, terrible. Yeah, so. Um, 
So bring awareness to that too. Exactly. Um, we're kind of we're bringing this game, the initial start of it, and still continuing on today is our main idea is to kind of bring the awareness to the lake um, in a form of in a form of peace and healing of sorts. Is box and you know there are I've heard rumors that it seems like the professional side of it is going to gravitate little by little more towards the NLL which is the box as opposed to the um, MLL. Well, I know there's opposing. I don't want to get too, too into it, but that? yeah, I would completely agree with that. Um, you look at the attendance in some of the MLL games and they're kind of coming up where they get a couple thousand in some while easily in the NLL, you're getting 7,000 at, at a smaller venue. Right. Um, and I know that the current commissioner at the NLL, he's been posting, they're pretty active on their website and social media, but their current commissioner in the NLL is very active about growing the NLL. Mm-hmm. I know they just announced a, a new expansion team in Halifax, Nova Scotia. Mm-hmm. Um, and I heard there's, also talks about there's talks about them moving, putting a team in Long Island even. Um so. I, I could see it. I used to live in Long Island, so I could see it being popular in Long Island. Mm-hmm. You know, so I just I just wonder where this all evolves because you know, I, so I'm in Florida, right? So the weather here, it's just especially in the winter. That's our <laughs> you know, late fall, winter, early spring. You know, that's our money weather. Mm-hmm. Yet there there is a big box movement here that's starting to take. Um, take 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 momentum because of the benefits of it, and just some of the kids just really enjoy it more, you know. Um, so, so Steve, any thoughts on that? Anything you want to add in on the on the box side of it? Yeah, I've played box since uh, back in high school when we were in the winter, you know, just throwing around, and it was a much different kind of box experience then than it is now. I'll be honest, I haven't watched box too often on TV, so I can't really give too much insight or comment other than. I know it is a much faster game, and obviously those statistics you just shared with us, where that's, I mean, it's triple, you know, what then you're getting as far as viewership. So I would say that that's a big thing because, listen, bottom line is it's a money event too, right? They they need to make money. They need to keep the doors open. They need to pay the players. They need to, you know, concession stands and uh, other types of goods and services they provide. They got to make money. So if they're getting more people there, I think that's, you know, from a business perspective, it makes more sense. Outside of business, gentlemen, and jump in, Claire or Croy, either one or both, or, you know, you guys kind of finish each other's sentences as well. From the player side of it, it, Steve mentioned, it's just, it's just fast. It's, it's fast. It's nonstop. There's constant substitution. You know, the play changes. It just reminds me a lot of hockey. Are there mm-hmm. parallels to hockey there? Or is uh, it just a completely different animal? Am I just way out of my league? Honestly, like, when someone who doesn't know know, know what box across is, I tell them it's a lot like hockey. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, right. You know, you're playing five on five. I mean, basically, you know, it's a lot of the same aspects of hockey, just, um, you know, Compared to the field game, the goalies wear a lot more pads, um, as you know. So, and they cover up probably ninety percent of the net, <laughs> um, at least. But uh, one of the big things I think that's really uh, reason why people like it is because, like you said, it's fast 
And part of that is because there's a shot clock, um, which is something that until up until this year, there hasn't been anything like that in field. I mean, excluding the, uh, the, the professional league, professional league. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, because of the shot clock, it makes it so your stick skills and box have to be that much better. Your IQ has to be that much higher. You have to think a lot quicker um, and a lot faster on your feet because that 30 second is just always going as soon as you touch that ball. <clears throat> are so, move, is it true moving picks are legal? Um, to a degree. <laughs> yeah, to a degree. So <laughs> you can, can't, like, can you elaborate you on that to a degree? It, well, you can't really like uh, you know knock over the guy and put him on his butt during a pick, but you can give him a little push and make him a little uncomfortable and off balance in that sense. Okay. Mm. You, you don't have to be a statue like in the field. No, game. you don't. And in <laughs> fact, if you were a statue, you probably might get blown up yourself. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's interesting. Nice. Really cool. Uh, Steve, any more to add on that? No, no, not at all. Just, uh, I'm excited to watch it. Yeah. I need to see it more. Will I this be televised, gentlemen? Uh, so, no. Our, sadly, our event won't be te- televised. Um, but the um, LAX All-Stars uh, North American Invitational that will be going on uh, a few days before our event, uh, it'll be Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, will be on the LAX All-Stars website, and it, so it will be covered. Okay. Um, okay. And that is, um, that is on its own level a whole form of elite box lacrosse that you will probably ever, like, probably ever see outside of the world lacrosse games. Um, there are teams from the Czech Republic that will be playing in it. Um, t- uh, team Philippines, Puerto Rico, they have a team. Uh, nice. Poland has like a heritage team in it. So yeah. along with um, the, you know, you see box across growing in the United States. It's vastly, vastly growing in Europe and uh, all over the world. Yeah, it's amazing the growth of lacrosse throughout the world. I in think general, it's. Uh, in general. I think more than just the fastest growing sport in America, it's the fastest growing sport in the world. Mm, absolutely, seems so. seems so. It's about um, freaking time, is what I say. <laughs> um, so, uh, so I, I have see, a, a, a request. Uh, is your dad still in the room with you guys? Yes. Yeah. He's right here. Can we get I Dad? Would can, love, can we talk I would to Dad? Love to bring him into the yeah. conversation. He's coming in. Or? Oh, he's coming in. He's coming in here. <laughs> Hello. Right. Hello, Dad. What's your name, sir? Uh, Phil Arnold. Phil Arnold. Phil. Steve, ask the first question. It's well, your invitation. Welcome, welcome to the show. We appreciate you being a supporter, number one, of the game of lacrosse and supporting your sons here uh, through their journey in the game. Uh, I know the apple never falls far from the tree. Uh, tell us a little bit about your experience being a dad and seeing your kids play this outstanding sport and continuing the heritage of their nation. Yeah, I can embarrass them a little bit. Um, so, <laughs> All dads can. Every dad. So, <laughs> so they they came in. You know, twins have. Uh, well, these twins had a lot of energy when they were really young, and um, and so. What I noticed right away is if we threw a ball out between them, they would just, you know, go like crazy for hours and hours. So, so um, their mom and I, um, uh, their mom's Mohawk, she grew up around here. So, so um, we started them in competitive box lacrosse at the Onondaga Nation when they were three years old. They were literally in diapers. Wow. Um, and, um, That's amazing, and, man. <laughs> oh, they would go and they would go until they're purple in the face, you know, and then fall down. Um, 
So so they they came in this way. They came in, uh, you know, lacrosse uh, lacrosse enthusiasts, and really they. I wasn't raised. I didn't I didn't grow up playing lacrosse. I'm from Michigan, um, but and I you know we didn't play lacrosse in in uh, school. Oh, they do so now in Michigan. I just became an enthusiast in just watching them. So I'm a total fan now. Awesome, great. Yeah, you'll be happy to know, sir, that uh, Michigan, it's exploding there. Um, yeah. You know, in fact, there was a movie back, I was still in uh, veterinary school, so that's, a, that's like late 90s, early 2000s. There was a movie called American Pie. You ever heard of it, twins? It might be a little old for you guys, but uh, the, the, the main sport that the two knuckleheads played was, was lacrosse. You know, So for me to see lacrosse in a movie, I'm, I'm in vet school saying, oh my God, look, they're lacrosse stiffler and the other guy are lacrosse player. <laughs> So that yeah. that was really neat uh, to to see. Yeah, it's exploding in Michigan. That movie took place in Michigan, supposedly. So, um, but yeah, I have colleagues and friends in Michigan that it's just exploding there now, just like it is everywhere else. You plant the seed, and it just it just grows and explodes. So you must be very hey, Raj, very proud of your son. Raj, is it exploding? What's that? Is it exploding? No, it's it's as as my Colombian relatives say, it's exploding. <laughs> Exploding, <laughs> growing. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna be my scientific nerd now. It's it's growing exponentially. <laughs> Is that a bad? Actually, uh, it's funny you mentioned Michigan because uh, Michigan State won the MCLA tournament last year. Yep, and um, their head coach is actually a box player. Mm. Cam, Cam Holding. Holding, yep, he's a he's they a box it player. In stereo, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. So, so which one's lefty again? Clay, Clay, and and Croy, you're the righty. Yep. Okay. So who? Uh, and natural, natural lefty, natural righty. Yep. Yeah. All natural. Yep. <laughs> so, so who is there a balance between assists and goals between the two of you? Or are you about the same? Um, I mean, I've always felt more of a feeder, but that's mainly because my job as a two-way midfield, I'm not just down there scoring. <laughs> okay. okay. Yep, you're playing defense, you're getting the ball up, you're... Exactly. Yeah. Clay, but I mean, around the field, we always are looking for each other first and foremost, and foremost, so... <laughs> yeah. And Clay, I heard an interview with you uh, doing some background research on you that you enjoy feeding, insisting more than you do scoring. Oh, yeah. Um, on- honestly, I-, I do. I... I don't know. I, I'd just rather be the guy get, uh, feeding the ball and produce and, you know, attacking the cage and producing the offense rather than being in the spotlight in that sense. <clears throat> so cool. there's a humility to it, but there's a star quality to it, right? So, <laughs> you know, it, it, it's, it's the best of both worlds. It's, it's being the Steph Curry. You know, I think, yeah. it, you know, Steph Curry, the, the great basketball player, yeah. Steph Curry, if it's up to him, he's going to assist more. He'll he'll knock it down if he needs to, but he'll assist more. And, um, you know, one of my I, – I coach a 12U team, so they're a bunch of, uh, you know, 10, 11-year-olds. And, yeah. you know, I, I got this one kid that he calls himself, I just want to be Steph Curry. I want to be back <laughs> here being Steph Curry, and I'm like, I love this kid. Because yeah. when you are the assister – you are making everyone else around you better. Exactly. Right. I so, mean, don't get me wrong. Like I, you know, I, 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 I love assisting, but I mean, I did also win the Division Three Statistic Award for highest goal percentage. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or shot percentage. So, so you, you, you can knock it down when you need to. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Any parting words there, Steve? Yeah, guys. 
who are your idols in lacrosse? Good question. Ooh. <laughs> um, not going to lie, one of my favorite players who I always loved watching was um, Brody Merrill, actually. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, great, from? great solid defender. We always, I always uh, liked watching him because I realized he was really patient, I found. He's very aggressive, but he was really patient with his checks. He'd know where to place it. Um, and he's such a great guy. We've met him multiple times, and he's the nicest guy you'll ever you you would ever meet. <clears throat> and who did he play for? Where did he play? I'm not familiar with him. Um, he played. I believe he played his college ball at Georgetown, and he's play. He I think he still currently plays with uh, the Boston Cannons. Yep. Yeah, he's a and, he's, he's uh, a career cannon. And, yeah, yep. and he uh, plays in the NLL with the uh, Toronto Rock. Okay. Love those guys that go both ways. An LLMLL. Croy, what about you? You got one? Um, probably one of the toughest questions I've ever actually had to answer. Uh, <laughs> I would probably say uh, John John Tavares. Uh, he is a uh, kind of an older guy. Um, doesn't play actually anymore, but um, he he was the the guy for the Buffalo Bandits in his years. Um, he up until the year he retired. Yeah, he <laughs> he was he, he he was kind of like the um, I guess you would say the Wayne Gretzky in a way for the NLL. He uh, he he was one of those guys that was uh, all like just the the kind of leader that you would always want, but then at the same time the producer that every franchise needs. Um, he won Rookie of the Year when he joined, which was probably in, like, the early 90s. Um, but at the same time, he was putting four goals away a night when he was in, when he finished his career in his 40s. So, um, you know, and then his true love for the game, um, just regardless of when he played, uh, his self- selflessness and um, just the type of guy he was, uh, type of leader he was, I've always been attracted to that kind of, aspect especially his leadership on and off the field awesome and yeah. dad how about you you got any words of wisdom or parting words that you'd like to part on well, these young young men well uh there's plenty i could say um <laughs> uh well i i you know i'll embarrass them once again so they um they could not uh catch the ball until they were a bit older than three. Um, but they knew how to strip the ball away from you, you know. So so that's what they were known for, really. They loved defense. They loved takeaways, ground balls. Uh, there's just, it's great. As a parent, it's just wonderful to watch them, you know, do what they do on the floor. So, so catching, so really- um, I've, I've been coaching since 2008, and at every level from – U7 all the way through high school. Catching is the hardest skill, and you don't see it consistently now. It's until 10U about. So it's 10U now. It used to be the old U11 where you really start to see the consistent catching where it's becoming more like the older boys. So, hey, no worries, boys. That's pretty typical. Um, well, but, we got it down now. So. Yeah, I'm sure you're pretty yeah, – I'm sure you're good. Um, the ground balls, though, sir, Mr. Arnold, the, the, the ground balls to me – that is what I love to see in the little tykes because yeah. that's just tenacity. That is just, that's my ball and you're not yeah. going to get it. I'm going to get it. 
my ball, not yours. Because it's so simple at that age, right? It's like, that's my ball. It's not your ball. And I'm not going to let you have it. And it's so simple. So, you know, we, I'm sure guys, you guys have seen the drill called Hungry Hippos. You know, there's seven guys in a circle, but there's only six balls in the middle. And you blow the whistle. They all got to run in. One guy's not going to get a ball. Right, mm-hmm. one guy's not going to get it. I love that drill because they're <laughs> taking it so seriously. They're like, oh, <laughs> you know. So, you know, great, great, great interview. This is one of the most enjoyable ones, Steve. I could think. Of I since, agree. Since Marcus Holman, right? you guys, <laughs> so, you guys rock. And uh, sorry, we can't be there. I, you know, regretfully had to decline the invitation, but uh, I hope it stands and stays open. I would be honored to be there next year. I will do my very best to be there. And you guys continue to keep doing what you do. We appreciate you. Well, we'll like our Facebook page, uh, Hood Mishoni Wooden Stick Festival, and we'll keep you keep you in the loop. So definitely, yeah. So a couple things before tell we part. Us, so tell everybody where. Yeah, tell everybody web, where they can stay in touch. Exactly. Website URL. So first of all, your your Lax All Stars League. What's the URL for that? Shout it out there. And I'm also going to post it on social media, on our podcast page and all that. So that Lax All-Stars tournament, it's just go to laxallstars.com. It's probably blasted all over that thing. Okay. Um, and then our tournament, the uh, Wooden Stick Festival, uh, what is it? It's an indigenousvalues.org. Okay. Uh, it's an educational organization that tries to promote the origins and true meaning of the game of lacrosse. Okay. Um and that's so we're educators, uh, really, um, but also want to have fun, you know. <laughs> fun, fun well, in the end. Well, they say you earn when you're having fun, so. Yeah, yeah. right, right. And, and then your Facebook page. What's um, the Haudenosaunee Wooden Stick Festival uh, is our, our Facebook page. Um, and I think we have an Indigenous Values uh, Facebook page as well. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for being on the show, Steve. This was uh, educational. It was enjoyable. And uh, again, back to the roots of the blog that I created. And, you know, like I said, I'm South American descent, Native American, no lacrosse going on there, but just Mm -hmm. always just so fascinated and so just in love with the spiritual side of the game. And I think that's what gets in all of our veins, even subconsciously for those that don't even know the Native American origins of it. Truly first American sport. It's fantastic. Thank you, gentlemen, for joining us. Mr. Arnold, especially Dad's here with his twins. I love that, Steve. Thank you. Thank you very much. Good luck. Lax on, everybody. Thanks very much. Bye-bye.